In the name of our eternal God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Whose wife will the woman be? That was an interesting, and to the Sadducees, an important question. The Sadducees were the most conservative of the religious groups of Jesus' day. And one of their big disagreements, particularly with the group called the Pharisees, was over the fairly new notion that there would be a personal resurrection after physical death. The Sadducees denied this for a number of reasons. And today's gospel talks about two of them. First, they argued that the resurrection was not mentioned in the five books of Moses, which is the only scripture that the Sadducees accepted. This is why Jesus uses the story about Moses and the burning bush as an argument against the Sadducees. That story, Jesus insists, implies a resurrection. And what's more, it is from Exodus, one of the most important books of scripture for the Sadducees. The second reason is perhaps more interesting. The Sadducees said that the resurrection didn't make sense. They said you could not understand it well enough to believe it. This is what's behind this whole business of the woman and the seven brothers. After all, if the idea of resurrection doesn't let you figure out something as simple as who is married to whom, then there must be something wrong with the whole thing. This is an interesting argument for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that we still ask questions like this all the time. We wonder whether in heaven, after the resurrection, babies who died as babies will still be babies, and whether those who die at great age will be of great age, and if not, what age will they be? And for that matter, what age will we or anyone else be? Now, by the way, in the fourth century, St. Augustine worked on this question. He came up with an answer that satisfied him. He decided that everyone would be 33. That was generally considered to be the age of Jesus at his resurrection. Perhaps it's not a bad idea. We also wonder whether we will recognize one another, and at least in some cases, whether we will want to recognize one another, or at least whether we will want to be recognized by everyone. We still ask variations and versions of whose wife will she be or whose husband will he be, which could be connected to the question of who we would want to recognize 
or not recognize, and who we would not want to recognize us. Did you ever stop to wonder how many of those seven brothers, the woman in the gospel story, really wanted to know forever? Anyway, there are lots of questions. We all have them. And it would be very nice to know, to have our questions answered, our doubts removed, and our uncertainties put to rest. So it's important that we pay careful attention to what Jesus has to say to the Sadducees when they ask him about the woman with seven husbands. After all, this is one of the very few times Jesus deals directly with questions of the hereafter. And what Jesus has to say to the Sadducees was surprising. He says that the woman in the story is not going to be anybody's wife. He said the question was silly because things will be different and people will be different. He said that we will all be like angels, children of the resurrection. Now think about it. Is that a very satisfying answer? We don't know what angels are like. So we don't know what it means, really, to say that we'll be like angels. We don't know what it looks like to be children of the resurrection. So that doesn't really help us very much either. The Sadducees came to Jesus with what was to them an important question. And Jesus told them, essentially, don't worry about it. God will work everything out. But we know no more about what resurrection life is like after his answer than we did before. See, Jesus just isn't telling. And based on that, it would seem that he doesn't particularly want us to spend a lot of time asking either. You see, God has taken care of everything. And that is as about as much of an answer as we are going to get. This, however, is central to our entire understanding of the resurrection. It is very important that we understand that our hope does not come from knowing whose wife the woman will be. Our hope does not come from knowing any details not even knowing answers to the best and most reasonable of questions. So we are called to hope, to real living hope based solely on our trust in God. We are given no specifics, no answers, no solutions, no picture postcards, Instead, we're called simply to surrender our questions and our difficulties and our logical puzzlements and trust that God will handle things better than we could even hope. That God's love and care for us will surpass all that we can ever ask or imagine. We are to remember that when we die, 
And when those we love die, God does not die. God's love for us, a love that has already carried us through so much, cannot die. That love will continue, and that love will grow, and that love is what we have to rely on. Now, one of the things this means is that the best way to prepare for life to come is not by taking harp lessons or trying to figure out the details of the afterlife. Rather, it is to work on trusting God more and to practice letting go. This doesn't answer the question of the Sadducees or our own questions. We still don't know whose wife she will be or how old we will be or whom we will recognize or anything like that. Instead, we are given an opportunity to trust. We are given a chance for hope, for trust that is greater than all of our questions or hope that is greater than we can ever ask or imagine. Amen.